Good morning and welcome to the news at Morning Mixtape. It's Thursday, October 26th, 2023. I'm your host, Anna Giselfina Singh, reporting for Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. Here are our headlines for today. In the US, the House has elected a new speaker after three weeks of no man's land. Then, Air Canada is apologizing after a Muslim British MP criticizes them for profiling him. In Mexico, a Category 5 hurricane is devastating the southern coast. Then, we'll hear from Krishna with a spooky new episode of Hidden Histories. Now, to the news. After three weeks without a Speaker of the U.S. House, Republican Mike Johnson takes the seat. The CBC reports that the congressman from Louisiana was voted in unanimously by Republicans Wednesday. Johnson's reign at the Speaker's gavel comes after House Republicans ousted former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. CNN says that Johnson has been an outspoken supporter of former President Trump. They say Johnson helped in trying to overturn the 2020 election in Congress. CNN reports that the House has been frozen for three weeks. They say a pause in the House means Congress will have a harder time as their funding deadline for November approaches. Matt Gates spoke to the press about how happy he was with the decision, saying, quote, We adore him, and I think he's going to do a great job for the country and for the right reasons. The Florida representative was one of eight Republicans who voted McCarthy out. The Hill reports that after three failed attempts to vote in Representative Jim Jordan last week, Johnson was the only one able to take the 217-vote majority needed. A video from C-SPAN shows that Donald Trump congratulated Johnson when he spoke to reporters outside his courtroom hearing in New York. He's currently testifying in his ongoing fraud case. Air Canada has apologized to a British MP after he called them out for extensively screening him while traveling last week. Mohammed Yassin is an MP for the Labour Party and says he was searched more thoroughly because of his name. According to the CBC, Yassin faced questioning on both his arrival and departure by officials from Air Canada and Canadian Immigration. He was questioned when flying through Montreal and Toronto. A British member of parliament traveling with Yassin says no one else from their group was asked to step aside for further questioning. The CBC says Yassin was one of two people of color in the group. They say no one else on the team had a Muslim name. Air Canada told the CBC they regretted inconveniencing Yassin. A spokesperson for Yassin says he was asked about his birthplace and if he was carrying weapons during questioning. Afterwards, he was allowed to board his flights. Yassin spoke to the BBC saying, quote, It was stressful and humiliating to be singled out in such an aggressive way by immigration control, especially when traveling in a group as a representative of British Parliament. CBC says the Canadian Immigration Ministry has not released an apology. In Mexico, a Category 5 storm has torn through the Pacific coast. CTV says that Hurricane Otis hit early Wednesday. It traveled through Acapulco, a southern resort city. They say cell service and power has been down due to large chunks of earth sliding off mountainsides towards the southern state. CTV reports there was little information on the number of deaths and total damage done at the time.
Experts say that Otis is the strongest storm to hit the eastern Pacific coast. They say that as climate change worsens, so will the extent of tropical storms impacting coastal areas. Mexican news outlets show the devastation caused overnight by the storm. In video footage, buildings can be seen with their roofs ripped off and collapsed ceilings. While Acapulco is known for drawing in tourists, the affected area is home to over a million people, many of which live in the slums towards the base of the mountain. Mexico's National Electric Company has sent convoy trucks towards the area Wednesday morning. The CBC reports that washed-out highways and damage to the military airport nearby will make aid more difficult to get down to where it's needed. That's all the news for today. Here's Krishna with an episode of Hidden Histories. Good morning, I'm Krishna Prasad and welcome to this week's Hidden History segment, where I talk about the little-known stories behind our everyday world. If you've been alive for any amount of time, you've probably heard of vampires. They're found in many cultures all around the world, from the classic European Dracula and the Filipino Mananangal to the Chinese Jiangxi and the Madagascar Ramanga. But why? On its own, the idea of a spooky guy or girl going around sucking people's blood is pretty weird. So why is it so popular? The problem with trying to trace them back to their origins is that nobody can really agree on what makes a vampire in the first place. However, we do have a loose idea of where these stories come from. The first recorded instance of the vampire as an undead and very much unfriendly creature originates in Bulgaria, according to the Kentucky Community and Technical College. Slavic vampires were incorporeal and went around causing general havoc and spreading disease, but they didn't drink blood and they weren't contagious. As the Holy Roman Empire took control of Slavic populations, they carried the legend to the west. From there, our bedside nightmare stories moved to Vienna, then Berlin, Paris, London, and then finally the Americas. As for the blood-sucking, it was actually an attempt to make the creature more scientific. See, people in the West during the 1700s were trying to move past superstition, so the idea of the Slavic ghost-like vampire was so last century. Strangely enough, intellectuals of the time didn't dismiss the story entirely, and instead likened the vampire to an infectious disease, and they, along with the rest of the population, were of the opinion that the undead monster going around hurting people made way more sense if it fed off of the blood of its victims. It also helped that blood was considered medicinal in the 1700s, prescribed for everything from epilepsy to failing eyesight. They believed blood was, quote, the vessel of the human soul, and that drinking it would give you life and cure just about anything. Unfortunately, the human body actually can't handle that much iron without developing serious illnesses, so I wouldn't try anything. We know now that vampires are just the attempts of people from the past trying to explain signs of post-mortem decay, according to Indiana Public Media. As buried bodies decay, they slowly release trapped gases, which causes bloating. This process has a nifty little side effect of causing blood to ooze out of the mouth, which triggered people's supernatural suspicions. But the nail in the coffin, pun intended, was how bodies seemed to scream when you stabbed them with a wooden stake, confirming the existence of some sort of supernatural monster. In reality, it was just the sound of the stake forcing out the trapped gases. Vampire myth was also heavily influenced by different illnesses, like anemia, tuberculosis, and even various mental health illnesses, like schizophrenia. 
In the end, human vampirism is definitely a myth, but it's had a pretty interesting run throughout history. And this was all just our classic Western Dracula-style vampire. The histories of all the vampire myths from across the world likely also have very rich stories behind them, but obviously I don't have time to cover all of that. If you're interested, though, why not take advantage of Spooky Month to go wild and learn something new? That's all for this week's Hidden Histories. I'm your host, Krishna Prasad, reporting for Met Radio, 1280 AM, Toronto, and thanks for listening. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much, and be sure to tune in next time for more Morning Mixtape. For Met Radio, 1280 AM in Toronto, I'm Anna Giselle Singh.